The Mahogany Project presents I Just Want to Tell Stories, hosted by Joe Anderson Jr., powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine of I Just Want to Tell Stories. Today we have a light in the building to interview someone who is young, up and coming. An amazing spirit, amazing energy just gives this warm, welcoming vibe. Today we have Deja Morgan. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank good. you so much for agreeing to do this. Of course. I love that intro. I feel so special. <laughs> uplifted. It's like, okay, a light, nice. A light, a light. You know, <laughs> I always base when I meet people, like mm-hmm. the energy I get from them. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean they're like they were super, super nice. Right. It's just an energy. And even yeah. if someone's going through a bad day, you can you can feel energy. So yeah. maybe like your energy is a little bit lower, but I can still yeah. feel that light, yeah. you know? And so, um, mm. yeah, I, I feel that every time we're in the wow. same space. It's only been twice, but... Wow, well, that that's an honor to that you picked up on that. Yeah. I appreciate that. So yeah. let's tell the people how we met. Yeah. Um, so when we met, I was the president of the Black Student Alliance at St. Edwards. Yes. And we were partnering with Pride during February because we wanted to do, like... Um, an event that really highlighted the intersectionality of being black and queer. Mm-hmm. And I remember Joy, who's the, um, she's the head of diversity and inclusion, was like, oh, like, y'all should bring Mahogany Project back. And I was like, well, who is that? And I, like, researched, and I was like, how did I not know that this was, like, hello? Yeah. You know, so. Austin's best kept secret. <laughs> really? I'm your favorite writer's favorite writer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, we saw, um, like, we did some research and saw who y'all were and reached out. And thankfully, we were able to get y'all to come and perform. And it was, I think, actually the last day of Black History Month, which was really special. And we had just released, like, a manifesto to our school. Yes. Like, on top of it, like, yeah, like, we we busting those down, like, we in here. And it was just nice to, like, have, like, Mahogany Project come and, like, put the nice little... Bow at the end of Black History Month, so at St. Edwards, because we needed to, uh, sh- you know, show shake. up and we need, yeah. we shook the table. We did shake the table. Shout out to K. Michelle. Right. She, yeah, <laughs> shook the table. Right. We did. We did. So y'all came and performed, and it was like anything I've never seen before, like or that I've ever seen before, and I was just immediately sucked into the raw, captivating emotions that you all had that night and it was just so like I was like man I'm so grateful that this is in Austin this is a gym and especially you you know with your Leo (laughs) taking up space and just being like here I am and this is how I felt unapologetically and I was like I feel you I feel you (laughs) that was uh, for those that are listening that was Love Jones February 2017 yeah 2017 18 no 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 the show are you talking about the the show show. yeah I think it might have been set 2017 because yeah it was the beginning of the year in 2018 okay Yeah, yeah 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 Um, yeah, I thought that was a great night. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good night it for me. It was so good. Yeah. I felt the energy, man. Y'all were like a really, in t- like, y'all were with us yeah. the entire show. Yeah, because we've never had anything like that before, considering that St. Edward's is a PWI. Mm. So we were deprived, and we finally got that experience experience that we had been longing for. Us. And for those that know me and Ty, they definitely <laughs> asked if we were together, and we started laughing. 
not answering that question. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, no, 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 we're not together. At the time, like, Ty was dating uh, Adam from the last episode. Right, yeah. And I was de- definitely dating someone. Yeah. I didn't answer. I didn't say that because we had just gotten into a fight the night before. Oh, Lord. Or two days before. It was a really Lord. bad fight, and it was my fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he was there that night. <laughs> that oh was my, my first time seeing him. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god! I'm like you going know. back to the night. And I'm like, okay, all this makes sense. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. He walked up on me. I was like, oh, you came, okay. <laughs> like, okay, hi. Oh, it was definitely my fault. I had to apologize. Look, to evolve, apologize. Leo, evolve. It was definitely my fault. Now, he, so he sprayed some gasoline on it, but it was definitely my fault. Okay, okay. So, Miss Deja, yes. Where'd you grow up? Okay, so I was born in San Antonio, Texas, and I lived there until middle school. Okay. And then I moved to Houston for pretty much the remaining. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a difference. Yeah, it is. And so I like, I don't know, I, I know people be like up in arms about Houston and where you from, where you know, what side of town you on, but I like, I claim Houston as my home because I, it really... Like, it was a place I grew up in my formative years, and um, it really had a huge impact on, like, who I am today. And, like, I'm proud to be from Texas, and I grew up in Houston because yeah. it really taught me a lot. And so... What were some of the things yeah. it taught you? Whew. What were um, some of the lessons H-Town gave? Right. Authenticity. Mm. Definitely, like... You When you meet somebody from Houston, you just already know. Like, you don't even have... Like, at least me, like being from there and having that context like whenever I run into somebody from Houston whether I know them or not like there's just this raw like realness about them this unapologeticness of like I'm from Texas I'm from Houston Texas like you can hear it in their voice like it's just super like people show up 100% as themselves whatever Mm -hmm. that may be and that's something to admire because I think that a lot of times like especially today we just like trying to be what we think people want us to be and whatever but I just really appreciate like you know I have close friends like one of my best best friends is from Houston and it's just like we naturally gravitate towards each other but based off of this authenticity that we both have as individuals Mm. and then coming together and just sharing that like you know we don't have to shuck and jive or whatever for anybody we're just showing up as we are yeah our full authentic self right and Houston definitely just like really instills that in you Mm. Um, from the jump, so right. Yeah, <laughs> I, the interesting thing about Houston to me is I love Houston. Mm-hmm. I have a good time every time yes. I go to Houston. Yes, shout out to Brandon Sterling, William Lyons for giving showing the girl a good time. Yes, uh, the Rose two point <laughs> So every time I think Houston is interesting to me because of the di- the diversity, the true diversity that's in Houston. Right, and then especially. I like to think it's like a little bit of Louisiana flavor into it as definitely well. Definitely so. After uh, Katrina and people yes, like, you know, definitely migrating so. to Houston and kind of settling down, it really is just this um, blend of so many different cultures so and many. vibes and energies. It's just beautiful to so see. So many, yeah. Especially reflected in the food. Like, yeah. Like, oh my God. And then... Food in Houston is my pushing. Oh, it's... Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, Houston is just... And I definitely, like, when I actually lived there when I was in, like, second or third grade, and I think it was when, like, Katrina happened, and, like, I remember mm. being in school, and, like, like I had, so all of a sudden I had a lot of classmates that were from Louisiana, and, like, even, you know, being there in elementary school, and then a little bit of middle school, and then actually finally going to high school there, like, you really see how, like, that, like, Louisiana feel definitely has, like, 
you know, merged with like that mm-hmm. Houston like culture. So it's really interesting, but it just makes the city so much more rich. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's like, I love Houston. So do you have any siblings? I do. I do. Um, I have two sisters on my mom's side, two brothers on my dad's side, and I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. I am the oldest. Okay. Yes. What are, do you have any other creatives in your family? <sighs> okay, so my mom is definitely a creative, but she never really got to like express that as fully as like I've been blessed to do. Okay. But she definitely is a creative person. Um, in what aspects? Well, like she, I remember like being when she was little. She would tell me uh, that when she was little, she wanted to be like a painter. Mm. I remember growing up, like she would just draw these doodles, and she was just really good at like. It was just like she. I don't know the pictures that she was draw. Like I would just be so like in awe of them. Like when I was little, because I was like, "Wow! Like you have a talent. Like this looks good. This is pretty. Like I want to take this drawing and like keep it with me forever." Yeah. Um, and just she's a character. Like <laughs> she really is a character. Just her personality is just so like she she's a Taurus, so she definitely comes in with this like more grounded energy but once you get to know her she's just like i think she has a leo moon mm. so she just be like all over the place just her presence is just so strong and just she's so funny yeah. so like i think her creativity comes out in more than in more than um one way but yeah she I would think, like, if she did have a medium as a creative, it would probably be, like, drawing and painting. And I forgot to ask this, but what is your creative medium? Let's tell the folks. Okay. I am an actor. Um, I'm a collaborator. I am a visionary. Ooh, bitch. That's it. That's the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I know, yeah, so, like, Ultimately, like I, I, I got my degree in acting from St. Edward's, so you know Congratulations. Thank you, appreciate that, you know. Um yeah, so I'm an actor that's like my main medium. Um, but I also create my own work. I write my own um work. I just recently wrote my own solo show about microaggressions called Objects in Mirror Are Closer Than They Appear. And I'm actually performing that again, um, in August. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. But, well, yeah. by the time this airs, it'll be unhappen. But we're going to send you good energy. Oh, yeah. yeah God. Lord, Lord, Lord. I okay. just told you when this I is coming know. out. I'm so sorry. I'm kind of ashamed to plug myself in. I ain't even going to hear about it two months after the fact. <laughs> My bad. Retrograde, retrograde. It's okay. It's My okay. Bad. It's okay. Um, yeah, so I act I create my own work I also want to be an artistic director of a theater so I kind of am into the arts admin side too um and that is where a lot of my activism and advocacy falls into my art Mm -hmm. um I am a strong believer that my art and activism don't uh, exist separately from one another they go hand in hand and that's in everything that I do so I have a lot of different mediums I consider myself like overall a multifaceted artist just because I like to pull in different things and uh, contribute them to like this bigger like artistic picture that I have I call myself a visionary because I pride myself on being able to see the big picture the bigger picture but then also get very specific to see how these pieces are going to come together to bring this to life not a lot of people can do that only because, like, I, I see myself as a visionary. I yeah. have a vision. I know what I want. Right. I don't always see the details. You know, they say the devil is in the, in the details. <laughs> so I always have to ask people to ask me questions. Yeah. To force me to get the details. Right. You know, so I'm 
I will, or I'll, like, for example, our producer Cam, mm-hmm. I will, I will send Cam a text at like eleven thirty, and mm-hmm. the next day he'll like respond, and that is forcing me to think about okay. What is it that you want? How are you going to get that? Right. So to be able to do both is truly a talent. And I I know you're real busy. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of self-reflection in that and like constant questions and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Before, so, um, what about, are any of your siblings uh, creatives? Well, I so my sisters are like ten and nine. Oh, okay. My brothers are like in high school, and I think like a junior, and then the other ones maybe like in eighth grade. Okay. So they're I, still young. They're, they're still like... young and trying to figure it out. But my sister Trinity, she's a Leo. She's uh, the ten year old. She's so creative. Like she, it just in like she does her own makeup. Like oh, wow. she does her own hair. She was get putting on nails the other day and not them clip on nails like like glue and like yeah. doing the shit like all that stuff and I was like girl but I think that's cause her dad's from Atlanta and she like was in Atlanta for a little bit and uh, that just that culture just got on her yeah. but she just but so but even that innate kind of innate right yeah. like it's good like it's not like oh like I'm a nine year old doing makeup like it looks good yeah. and she like lays her edges and like is super into like fashion and just like it's she, interesting yeah. how we can tell that Early on, yeah, in in children, like very much like so. The, the energy that they they present, yeah, she's definitely gonna be. You said like, she's a Leo. She's a Leo. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. get ready. Right, I'm. I already know. I already know. Yeah, I, I like how you say oh, she's a Leo. You you introduce. Oh, they're they're this. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you, you give that. Oh, she's a Taurus. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm I'm super into zodiac, so and astrology. So yeah, that's that's how I uh, preface things. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I do have a question. So mm-hmm. you got the acting bug i did what was the role that you saw that solidified that that is what you wanted to do i don't know if it was like a role that i had i think it was the fact that i kept finding finding myself in um like in theater i was Mm. doing theater and i was like oh like I, i had my first role in sixth grade which is actually Really funny because we had a Christmas show and I was like, I'm going to audition for this play. And then my friends were like, well, I'm going to audition too. And we went in the room and like, this is when I didn't know anything about acting. And I like read the character name and the line too, as I was saying the line. And it was just like, I was like, I didn't know anything. And, uh, Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right, right. And they're like, uh, just read the line, not the name. But, yeah. <laughs> so I walked in, I didn't know anything. And then they cast me as, like, the little angel. And then one of my friends at the time, Brittany Brown, oh, shit. got the lead in the, in, the, in the play. And, you know, it was like, it was just funny because I didn't know that theater was going to be, like, a big um, a part of my life at that time mm-hmm. so it was just like interesting that I was just like you know an angel in the background yeah. and then I played a ladybug in the next show so it's just like you know doing these little small parts and then I moved to Houston um, the following year and because I was a new kid I think I, I did theater because it was a, like it was comforting for me mm-hmm. and it was an easier way for me to adjust and, and like get to know people and <clears throat> I continued to move schools, but I always found myself in theater. And then I think by ninth grade, I was like, I know I want to go to college for this. And I know I want to move to a bigger city and pursue this. Like, it was just something that I 
did and then one day I looked up and I was like oh yeah I've been doing this for a minute and I like it uh, this is what I want to do yeah what um, I'm curious to know mm-hmm. if there are any specific shows that you've seen mm-hmm. that for like you want to play in or you'll be like oh I would kill that or ooh dang I, I wish I could have done that oh my gosh I feel like I just opened a file cabinet in my brain. All the files are busted. <laughs> it's just papers everywhere. <laughs> right, papers everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think. Have you seen Random Acts of Flyness? Mm-mm. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, it's by Terrence Nance um, and Naima Ramos Chapman. It's it's really a, a an amazing. It's a show on HBO, and it's like anything I've never seen before, as far as like the way that a TV show is formatted, like the whole season, I think there's like 10 episodes and they're about 30 minutes each. And it's super, um, like it has like surrealist elements in it. And it's like narrative, like little narratives along with it, but it doesn't follow like this, like chronological through line. Mm. Like you could essentially jump in at anywhere in the, um, season and and be okay, but it talks about blackness. It they bring in different directors and different like creators to come in and do mm. each episode, and they talk about really like they touch on really deep stuff. Like you know, uh, one of them's talking about how like you know like in families where some you know. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. We're like, we'll have certain family members that like... We just don't fuck with? We just don't fuck with because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it just touches on that, like, you know, being at the cookout and like the creepy uncle and like, Mm. you know, like stuff like that. And then like, oh, Mm. like as a man, you know, say dealing with sexual assault, like they deal with like, what is the black man? Like how, like exploring like black men in relation to sexual assault. Because, you know, we don't really like... Talk about that or yeah. consider men being, you know, yeah. especially black men, you know, this trying to uphold. This hyper-masculine idea of, like, what a black man is. Right. And something that as degrading right. and dehumanizing as sexual. Exactly, like. exactly. So, like, they talk about things like that and then they, you know, touch on, like, polyamory and just, like, mm. being in, like, a healthy relationship and a healthy open relationship. What does that look yeah. like? And it's just, like, this, it's, it's an amazing show, really. And, like, I think I would love, I would love to be a part of that just to be in the room to soak in what everybody's bringing to the table because you can look at it and see like people are collab are truly collaborating in this work and it shows and people are fully are bringing their selves to the table and somehow everybody's able to show up 100% and create this work of art and it's just like that is like my dream yeah so yeah that's the show I, yeah. Well, you mentioned something talk, mm-hmm. talking about like how this show like delves into like blackness. Yeah. So Houston, I'm assuming yes. you know, is very yeah, black. very much so. Very, yes. you know, very, very yeah. black culture, mm-hmm. uh, rich, rich yes. in black culture. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then you come to Austin. Yeah. And it's specifically saying that works. You know, I. What was that like to transition from a space that? Um, you could, I mean, I'm not going to say Houston, they got black people in every single, in every right. neighborhood. But you know, you can yeah, definitely have part, access to that. Right. Or if you're not already in those neighborhoods, you exactly. have access to it easier. Exactly. So you come to Austin, St. Edwards, you talked about this earlier, having to write a manifesto. 
what what were some of the things you noticed at St. Edwards and in Austin about blackness and your blackness and coming from Houston as a black woman and you know it's crazy because I didn't really I wasn't as acutely aware of my blackness and my identity until I got here mm. because I didn't have to think about my blackness like that when I was in a city where I was going to a school with predominantly black people. Like, if you think about being at a PWI versus a HBCU, like, everybody at a HBCU is already black and they're already there. So yeah. it's, okay, what's next? Here's who I am. Here is, like, people at HBCUs, I think, because it's already black, get to, like, establish that, but then be like, okay, well, here's who I am. Here's my personality. But when you're at a PWI where you're deprived of like being able to express your blackness or have spaces where you can feel comfortable doing that, it, your, your, your identity as like a black person is much more heightened. Yeah. And so when I came to St. Edwards, I didn't really realize what I had in Houston and San Antonio mm. until I left it. Mm. And then I was like, oh wait, like I discovered different layers of my blackness as well. And, you know, I don't regret going to a PWI. You know, St. Edwards in Austin has given me everything that I need up until this point so I can move on to the next level and I'm grateful for that. Um, But I I, I definitely had to have that experience in order to, um, I guess, have a much more stronger understanding and grounding of who I am as a black woman. and yeah, there were things that I wish could have been better and that I wish, uh, you know, I would have had more of in my experience during college in, in regards to my blackness. But it also helped fuel that advocate in me, that activist in me that was like, OK, well, I'm not going to wait for y'all to get it right for me. I'm going to get it right for myself and mm. I'm going to just do what I need to do to create the spaces that I want to be in mm. and for other people who look like me. Do you think this helped strengthen your voice as a black woman? The experiences of being here? Very much so. How so? <sighs> Deep breath. Ooh. Let me get my paperwork out. Um, well one, I don't consider myself someone who like I don't like rules. I don't like being told what to do. I have a loud voice. I'ma say what I need to say anyway. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, if I'm in a space where I feel like I'm being limited, I'm gonna say something about it. And the I think the blessing was that during my entire time at St. Edwards, like, yes, it was predominantly white, but I all my close friends were black women. Mm. And that was so important for me because we lifted each other up in ways mm. that were un, like, you know, all of us may not have been best friends, but we were all like, you good? Like, I got you. If you need something, I'm here. Like, we were there to be there for each other and to show up and be present, whatever that may have looked like. And that was an essential part in knowing, like, having a deeper appreciation for being a black woman mm. and being surrounded by other black women who are, you know, struggling, experiencing the same struggles as you, but we're going to lift each other up in that struggle together. And that really does create these strong bonds. And, you know, I don't have a lot of people in my inner circle, but the people that I do have are from the people I've met in college and the people that I see in my life forever. And they're yeah. all black women. Yeah. And we owe it to each other's black women. Like we we have really showed up for each other and that is like something that I've walked out of St. Edwards ironically but I've walked out of St. Edwards with a much more appreciation for who I am as a black woman the black woman in my life and the I guess push that it gave me to be unapologetic about that at St. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know Mm -hmm. 
have you had a conversation with your mom just about the identity, the intersection of being black Mm -hmm. and the woman and how that conversation, now that you've grown up and you're growing into what it means to be a black woman with the fellowship of other black women. It's really interesting, my mom's relationship and I, because she had me at 16, Mm. my grandparents raised me Mm. for like baby up until sixth grade and then I lived with my mom for a little bit Um, and then I had like a whole village raised me pretty much but my mom and I have more of a sister relationship Mm. than we do mother daughter and I think we're just now getting into like this mother daughter kind of energy even though like we're really cool with each other but as far as blackness is concerned again like and it's it's even hard because sometimes like I don't know you go to college and like I'm first generation in my family Mm. so there's a lot of things that they don't understand you know because I'm in college and because I have access to all these things like there's some things that I'll come home and talk about that they're like what are they teaching you and da 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 and it's like it's just you know I've expanded my mind as far as like who I am how I see the world and so I think my mom and I are starting to embark on what those conversations look like and we're dipping our toes in but I don't think it's something that we ever had to consciously think about or that we thought about um, growing up like I don't know like I, I look at my other friends that I have who like grew up and they their families like instilled like black history in them from the get-go and like i didn't necessarily have that until i got to saint edwards Mm. and so like my mom wasn't somebody that was like i'm gonna teach you about x y and z and it's more so like me kind of teaching her about the things that i've discovered in my experiences Mm. and her being like oh like she didn't realize how like white of a city austin was until she like got here and was like oh like and i think at that point her blackness started to become more... Gotcha. You know... So it was just a deeper connection that y'all could have. Right. Experiencing the same things. Yes. At the same institution. Right. Yeah. 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 So... Her coming to maybe visit or something like that. Right. Yep. That's so interesting. It is. The same exact experience. Right. Generations different. Yeah. 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 I didn't even realize that until I just processed it out loud right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. I just want to tell stories. We just process our... Um... So let's say yeah. you get a role. Okay. Okay. Or you get a script. Let me yeah. just say a role. You get yeah, a script. Yeah, yeah. How do you attack or approach a new role? As an actor. Darling. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> excuse me. Um, let's see. I'm definitely I don't know if I have like a pull out the process book. You know, I'm, I still feel like I'm in that process of discovering, like, what works for me when I approach certain wor- roles. But I recently had a big audition at the Zach Theater for mm. um, an adaptation of Dracula. Mm. And they wanted me to read for the lead who, um, like, I really hadn't, like, read up about Dracula before. But I, 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 if I am not super familiar with, like, the content of the show, I'll obviously read it. Or I'll, you know, look up synopsises, look up different takes on like what people think about the show and the characters just to get a good understanding and basis of like what is the show who are these people um and really just thinking about what based on my experience or or based on how I would imagine myself in this role what can what can Deja bring to this Mm. like having a baseline understanding of like who is this character 
But what, you know, it's like having a pot of soup. You got your chicken broth in, you got the basics, you got your vegetables and stuff. But then it's like, you can't just cook chicken broth and vegetables. You got to put Tony Saturys in it. You got to put garlic powder, all that stuff. And so I think when I'm approaching a role, it's like, okay, I got to get my foundational things first. What am I doing? Who is this? What am I giving circumstances? Like having a good foundation of what it is I'm approaching. And then how do I want to put my own twist on it? And I'm still figuring out what that twist mm. is, mm. you know, but I think that's that's how I would like to to approach roles. And that's how I have in the past with the auditions that I've had. Um, and I only want to keep honing in on that, too, and mm. figuring out what spices do I have in my cabinet that I can mm. pull out? Well, maybe this will taste better with this, you know, speaking yeah. metaphorically. Right. Yeah. But um, what spice do you feel like you already got? Tony Saturys. And what what is Tony Saturys in your life? What does that mean? Ooh. Um, you mean like in my life or what I bring to the table what, as an like, actress? Yeah, yeah. Like what would Tony Satchery's represent? Like you said, you got that yeah. already. Like what does that represent? So Tony Satchery's is like a mix of Cajun spices. So okay. it's like a mix of like, I know I'm very good at bringing this like grounded energy to the stage. I have a presence. I know that I have a presence on stage, mm-hmm. whether that's vocally or my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I have this like, like I guess for lack of better words like this sexy energy that Mm -hmm. I bring in but also like it's like a mature sexy like grounded energy that I know baseline I can pull that out the hat and be like I got this and that's your Tony Saturys that's my Tony Saturys boom 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 period done (laughs) um so we're winding down yes what do you want to say to little Deja ooh okay hold on that just hit me right here in my yeah. chest. Little Deja. Little Deja. Little Deja. Little Deja. Walking down the street. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, can you give me an age range? It, it's up to you. Oh, my Little, gosh. It's, it, you know, this is all on you, girl. <sighs> At what age do you think Little Deja needed to hear from Big Deja? Um... I think high school. And maybe. what would big what what other words that big Deja need to tell little Deja? Everything you need to do anything that you want is already inside of you. Yeah. And to know that your worth and your value is totally separate than how people treat you. Mm. It's no reflection of how people treat you. Your worth is your own. Um, and nobody, nobody should take that away from you. Thank you for sharing that, girl. Yeah, thank you. So, our last segment we're about to do, top five. So I'm going to throw a category at okay. you, okay. and you have to answer your top five choices. They do not have to be in any type of order, so just okay. top five. Okay. Um, all right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, top five. Category is actors, darling. Ooh, actors. Um, Angela Bassett. Angela motherfucking Bassett <laughs> is number one. Okay. Um, Viola Davis, duh. Um, 
this is hard. <sighs> There's so many. Um, I think everyone says that every time they do top five. They do. I mean, it's just, it's true. It's like, <sighs> narrow down to five people. Okay. Barbara Streisand. Babs. Oh, my God. Um... It's like so many things come to my head to my mind, but then also I'm like, wait, what? Um, so okay. Angela Bassett, Viola, Viola Davis, Davis Barbara um, Streisand. Barbara um, I feel like all of my actor friends are like, "Bitch, you're so fucking basic." <laughs> I mean, like, that's a that's a that's a that's a good list. That's okay. A good it, I know it's a good list, but it's like I I should know more. Like I should be saying more than mainstream people, but I'm like, no, I like these people. Um, Damn. Okay. <sighs> okay. I know. There's three. There's three. Girl, this is a 30 minute show. I know. I know. I know. Girl, I know. Okay. Angela Bassett, <laughs> Viola Davis, Barbara Streisand, um, Denzel Washington. I mean, yes. Um,. There, so many people are going to come to mind after I, uh, we're done. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Girl, you got one more. I know, one more. One more. And. I'll say Naima Ramos Chapman. I know she's a director, but she's also an actress too. And I just. Artistically, I'll die for her. Okay. So there's that. That's it. Yeah. Finally, after five hours, we got our top five. <laughs> I'm sorry. No worries. Um, I want to thank you. Actually, Angela Bassett is in my in my will be in my top five if I had to answer that because on the Breakfast Club she went into Shakespeare. Oh yeah. And she did that shit. I was like, Oh, oh yeah, she's ready. She has the range. She, range. Okay. Range. So shit. I was like, okay. Uh, but I do want to thank you so much for coming to I Just Want to Tell a Story Studio. I'm so glad that you had me. I feel so blessed. I love this. <laughs> Thanks for uh, just chatting with me today. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Top Notch Actress. And yeah. That's it. That's it. All right. Thank y'all for listening to episode nine of I Just Want to Tell Stories. Next week, unfortunately, is our season finale. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening this season. We have one more episode. Uh, We'll be back, but next week we have a very special guest, a native Austinite. I'm super excited for that story. Um, But until then, love and light, and thank you. I Just Want to Tell Stories is hosted by Joe Anderson Jr. for The Mahogany Project and produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network.